Hi there, and welcome from a rainy, sunny London in July. I say rainy, sunny, because one minute the sun's out, the next minute it's absolutely pouring with rain. It's Steve here, and welcome to this week's podcast. Sorry that they are a little irregular at the moment, but we're in the final phases of renovation and installations indoors. Everything has now been installed, any problems have been resolved or ironed out as we sometimes say. Now it's just a matter of rearranging the furniture which will take a little time but we are nearly there. In these podcasts I'd like to discuss my experience of taking students on excursions and educational lessons outside the classroom and school. I'll also mention social activities and the difficulties we sometimes have as teachers and or activity leaders. I'll start with youngish learners first and finish by discussing adult students. The whole subject did start out to cover my 20 years on the topic in one podcast, but I then realised it was quite a wide topic for stories. So if you don't mind, I've split it into a number of episodes. When I first started teaching over 20 years ago, it was teenage or almost teenage Italians, as I may have mentioned before. In the morning, they had three hours of English vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation. The topics were mixed together. They didn't just have three hours of grammar or three hours of pronunciation. That would have been boring for the students and of course, just as boring for the the teacher. After lunch, there would be an excursion or an activity, maybe a trip to London, a sports day or a visit to Roman ruins. I could never work out why that was an excursion. The kids came from Italy. They must have seen their fair share of Roman ruins. Needless to say, they weren't the most successful of excursions and the students were always looking for the local burger joint. I quite enjoyed them though, as I found them quite historically interesting. I also used to enjoy lunch at this school, because as a member of the academic team, I didn't have the queue and could could walk right to the front for my food. It was very nice and a vast improvement on the lunches I'd had during my school years. I think the quality of my school lunches may be why I ended up having a packed lunch made for me. Anyway, back to the trips. Whoa, sorry, little pause there. Anyway, back to the trips. My first trip out with the children was to a swimming pool. We had to take a public bus from the school to the swimming baths. Now, The bus company liked to be informed there's going to be about 30 school kids boarding soon, so you have to phone them in advance, so they can perhaps allocate an extra bus and probably warn the driver. On this trip to the swimming pool, some teachers were discussing going to a nearby pub, but we elected to go to the swimming pool cafe instead. It was fortunate that we did, as one of the students had an accident and hit their head on the side of the pool. They were taken to the hospital as a precaution. They were okay. 
and just had a few stitches and a couple of cuts and bruises. It's difficult enough to organise students on public transport, even when they speak the same language. But when their grasp of English is fairly loose, it becomes a bit like herding cats. The other difficulty on trips is how is how English people's sense of punctuality clash with some of their continental neighbours. I've always had jobs where it's very important to be on time, especially if you're a teacher. I have spoken before about my dislike of people who think it's cool to be late for a meeting or to turn up just in the nick of time for a lesson. On one visit to London, a central meeting point was in Covent Garden in front of a very prominent clock face. The teachers indicated the clock and what time the students were expected to be back at the meeting point. I think maybe some of the teachers drew pictures of the clock for some of the children, indicating the correct time to return. It was either 3 o'clock or 3.30. In those days, the idea was to avoid taking that many kids on a rush hour train. Unfortunately, not everyone was as punctual as we'd hoped. That included some of the teachers too. There was often a mad rush from Covent Garden to Charing Cross Station in order to board a suitable train. Sometimes we'd visit the British Museum and go to Covent Garden afterwards. The young children would visit the Egyptology department to see the mummified bodies and then once their curiosity had been satisfied, they would leave the museum and find the nearest vendor or shop where they served cola, burgers or chips. After all, that's what a trip to London is all about, isn't it? Last week I spoke about myself trying to learn Japanese using an app. I'm still trying to do it, I'm still learning, not trying to learn, I'm still learning and I've almost been using this app for 30 days. I think my Japanese has improved a little, although I did have one of my mental blocks today. It was about family, mother, father, sister, brother, and there are lots and lots of different names. If, you're, if your uncle is older or younger than your father or your mother, you have different names for them. Let's say the same for your aunt. I found it quite confusing and got a little bit of a headache, but I was all right afterwards. I decided to write some things down. Well, that's enough of my waffling for today. That's all for this time. Thank you for subscribing and listening. Until next time, take care, stay safe and keep well. Bye bye.